I want you to give us a call. Five seven zero one baby. Give us a call. Five seven zero Hey everybody. hey everybody, this is Y'all, y'all heard. heard, a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, are not related, whether or not we have COVID, it doesn't matter, we're still not related. <laughs> and this is a podcast where two friends help one another climb to the peak of Mount Knowledge, and Ooh. we shout what we know out into the world, and we hear it echo through the ears of other mountains, like you, the listener. And we try to be funny while we're doing it. I'm sorry, the listeners are mountains? Yep, with ears, okay. mountains with ears. Make sure I understood that. Uh, yeah, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, Pete, I would just like to point out that a surprisingly large amount of people listened to our podcast this last week when we didn't even have a real show. <laughs> uh, people listen that don't even listen to our regular show. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't listen to our last episode or, or you just like <clears throat> noticed we, we haven't been podcasting properly, I had COVID. And I had COVID for a long time and I couldn't do a show. Pete was also on vacation, but mostly just I had COVID and I could barely talk or do anything. So, uh, yeah, so we're back. And I'm, you're feeling good. Yeah. Not Sorry. Eh. And you're feeling better. <laughs> better not a hundred percent but yeah uh definitely a lot better um don't listen to anyone that says it feels like colds and don't assume you're gonna get the omicron i don't know what variant i got but i got every single possible um symptom like literally i can't think of one i didn't get i got diarrhea food still doesn't even taste good to me i couldn't smell my back hurt I couldn't breathe right, and other stuff. I'm not hearing headaches yet. Oh, headache, that that was the worst part. Okay. Like, you couldn't even function. I still have diarrhea. We'll say that. I'm on the week three. <laughs> anyway, we like to really share here. Uh, basically, that's how, how I'm doing. I, I didn't ask you first, but I'm doing better from COVID. And guys, I have two more days of work, and then I am an unemployed free agent on my own free will. Speaking of free agents, this NBA trade season has been going crazy. Is that how your week been? No, Marissa, I just remembered what I wanted to tell you. Um, so if I'm focusing on this week, uh-huh. we're only a couple days in, right? No, we're, we're like halfway through. But yeah. I wanted to tell you, Marissa, that today, while at work, yeah. I watched the movie Men. Oh my god! Oh my god! You didn't like it, did you? <laughs> the way you said that you didn't like it, did you? It was, it was a lot slower than I expected it to be. Um, I will consider it more of an art piece than a film, but okay, continue. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that ending! Here's the thing, guys. Marissa had told me what the ending was, not. Like what the ending meant, because I don't know that anybody knows that. No, I don't make a but she told me what happens at the end. That's a better way to put it. And um, and I'm watching this movie. I can't remember what Marissa told me. And then it starts, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yep, yep. 
even and then it went on for about 10 minutes because <laughs> there was part of it where i was like wait there has to be more to this because there's like 15 minutes of movie left but why is this happening now yeah yeah i gotta say i felt like i knew what it was trying to say until the very last person appeared and I was like, I was following a narrative. Now you, I don't know. When you say person, you mean the people being birthed from other people? Yeah. The, right, the right, last, right. That was that was a bit of a stun for me, too. <laughs> yeah, the last person birthed, I was like, ooh, don't get what this is trying to say. Uh, but the most effective thing was having the same actor play all of the horrible people's roles except the husband. <laughs> I, I really love how... Um, <clears throat> Like, I consider myself a, a a fairly intelligent person, but I'm a person who watches a movie, never knows what's going to happen. Like, like not at all. Like, like, I never see a twist. And I just take everything at face value, and I didn't even notice it was the same actor until the person I was watching <laughs> told me. Yeah. And they were well, like, oh, cool. And I was like, huh? And then I was like, oh, okay. Was this book? Well, it must have been after the boy <laughs> with the boy. an old man's face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought, no, you know what? He don't even know when she told me. I <laughs> sure hope it was. The uh, priest was the I only mean, one where I had to look it up. And every single one of them had a mole that he has on his cheek. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is all the same guy. <laughs> Dang, I just, yeah. I was just, any movie could take me for a, for on a real journey. So did you hate it? No, I didn't hate it. Um, Did you? I hit the end of it, and I was like, what was I supposed to get out of that? So I did some searching and stuff, but I had different opinions about what it was about than, I think, Variety. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a few different opinions. I saw an opinion on Refinery21 where someone was saying that the director missed the point and it was misplaced allyship, and I could not disagree more. I'm not saying it's like this perfect piece of a man assessing men, but I actually thought it was pretty impressive. I, as a woman, I felt a little bit seen, I'm not going to lie, and uh, I felt like he was saying something about generational trauma and bullshit. I don't know. I don't fully know. Whatever it is, I cannot wait to buy the screenplay from A24, have it on my fucking coffee table, and I think about that movie every day. You want to see how the end was written? <laughs> yeah, I want to like see it in words. I want to really dissect it. I want everything. Guys, I want to live in that movie. No, you don't. <laughs> no, but like, I do in a way. But the very ending... Some people were still, like, even in in that same article, I think it was, like, a thing with three different people, and none of them read the ending like I did either, so, so, but this is what makes good art, people, things that you can have a conversation about later. Yes, um, and I will just say, since I spent so much time talking about that up front, that will be my plug, because literally, I'm not joking, I think about that movie. Every day <laughs> thank you Pete for watching that I 
No one is, people in my life are not watching it fast enough, and I need to have new discussions constantly. Yeah, and I know we can't have it here because we don't want to spoil anything for the audience. But, uh, yeah. So, um, Marissa. I'm special where we dissect the movie and what we think it meant. Yeah. It would be hard to listen to because I don't know, (laughs) because we'd each be searching for the right words. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Something I want to do. <laughs> um. Icebreaker. So, Marissa, are you ready for an icebreaker? Yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> As some of you may realize from past episodes, sometimes we use the icebreaker to talk about something in our lives um, that the other person may not know about. Um, but like when you pitch the question, it's really you going, I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my icebreaker is tell me a weird story about a neighbor that you've had before. <laughs> it was very specific. Uh, thankfully I've had so many weird neighbors that, uh, I can tell you one. Let me see. We've, we've, uh, met your <laughs> next door neighbors now <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, your next door neighbors now? We did? Yeah. When they when they dropped a package off at the wrong place? Oh! I forgot. They, they moved out. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I will say I have had, yeah, I've had a lot of really bad roommates. Man, see, do we want to go, like, a little bit funny, quick story, or do we want to go dark? I can tell you mine, and then you okay. can decide which one you want to tell. For those of you who have not been to my apartment before, (laughs) there is a sliding glass door with two big doors or two big windows on the side, and it goes out onto a porch, and that's where you can bask in the glory of the day. And uh, on the other side of that window, inside, I have my kitchen table, which, you know, is not just used for kitchen stuff. (laughs) So one day I'm sitting there. And I was working, I think I was working from home, or I was working at home, one or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm typing away on my computer. Oh, this is another point I forgot to mention. I'm not very good at to- telling stories, but it's two porches that are next to each other and split by a piece of wood that goes between them. So structurally, it's one piece, and then they put this divider in the middle, and that makes two porches, one for me, one for my neighbor. So I'm sitting there, typing away on the computer, and I don't know if everybody else is like this, but I always always see things out of the corner of my eye very easily, like whether it's a bug or something like that. Like, I always feel, like, very aware of my surroundings, and... um, on this particular day, I'm working on my computer and I see something out of the corner of my eye and it's my neighbor's face. <laughs> what? And she has gone to the divider and stuck her head completely around Ew. to look inside of my apartment. Now, my neighbor isn't pleasant. <laughs> oh, God. And I realize that this sounds mean, but... <laughs> Her face constantly looks like she's eating something sour. <laughs> Ew, okay. And so I like see her out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, "Whoa. That's weird." 
but my instinct isn't to go, what are you doing or anything like that? I'm like, whoa, that was weird. So I, I stand up and I wave. Uh huh. Nothing. And she's still looking at you? Yes. <laughs> Psychopath? What the fuck's happening? And oh. then I sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm sitting there and she's still staring. This goes Jeez. on for like three long minutes. <laughs> Jeez, this is perfect. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, I keep working at my computer. <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself, don't look at her again. But then I'm going, maybe she needs help. Like, maybe she's in an emergency, and this is the way that she gets help. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to look up. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, she pulls her head back over to her side, and that's the end of it. But <laughs> you her? So then I pulled my blinds completely closed. Oh, my God. And, 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 you know, like, closed them with the little spinny thing. And that was the end of that. <laughs> No, this can't be the end of your story, and I'm really mad that it is. You <laughs> just let that go. How, what am I supposed to do? To say, like, I would knock on the door and be like, I saw you looking at me. Did you need something? And oh, make that's a good one. <laughs> that you witnessed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. That really chills me to my core, and it makes me really angry. And, um, like... I had a few emotions running through my head, and this will give you an idea of who I am as a person. The first was, don't look at her. The second was, she could be in danger and need some help. Like, you should look at her. And then immediately, don't look at her. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, oh crap, I can't remember the third thing, because there was another thing that just popped into my head. But it was like, none of it was, yeah, it was all neurotic stuff. Like, sometimes you like to look in somebody else's apartment to see how they have the place laid out or something. But you don't peek through their windows like a creep. (laughs) Do it through their fucking porch and then look into their house when they can see you. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, that's what it was. The third thing I thought was, boy, my apartment looks like a mess. I really should have cleaned it up if I knew somebody was going to be looking in here. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's so weird. Um... Mostly, I can only think of horrible things that I want to relive, so I'm just going to say a very simple, short, and ridiculous anecdote um, that features one of our longtime listeners, Teresa. Uh, Teresa is my friend that I met in <clears throat> South Korea, and we, I don't remember... Guys, I just, I, I don't mean to cut in, but I just want to let you know that Marissa's um, coughs, clearing of throats... It's not to signify any innuendos or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is I'm still congested from COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you yeah. know let everybody know. Good, good call. <clears throat> South uh, but, Korea. <laughs> so me and her live next door. Uh, in in our first wait in our first apartment. Did we live together twice? No, 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 once. Anyway, anyway, I had a boyfriend. Um, I'm sure they have heard things. I don't think the walls were that thick. Yes. Did they did they probably did her and her boyfriend probably hear me and my boyfriend hooking up at some time maybe, but there was this one day where I got my favorite video game Rival Schools with my boyfriend. It's a fighting game, and I have like rage problems. I don't just say that like to be funny. Like I have like real. 
I get real angry. I've injured myself playing video games once because I was losing, and I was just, like, so aggravated. And basically, he I remember him being, like, a formidable opponent, so I was, like, I always, I, I curse a lot. I'm like, motherfucker, like, no, like, ah, oh, I can't believe it. Like, I wasn't like, oh, yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I was, like, angry screaming really loud, really mad, because he was sometimes beating me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember Teresa, like, the next day was like, you know, I was doing an interview, a virtual <laughs> interview, and we can hear you having sex the whole time. And I was like, <laughs> you thought that was me having sex? I was like, what do you think I do? Like, I'm having, like, a BDSM session in the door <laughs> next to you? So it's not really, like, that wasn't really weird on her. Uh, but I just thought it was funny that she yeah. thought that me screaming at a video game was me having, like, this, like, like angry, angry, <laughs> uh, sorry, lovemaking. But, uh, oh, believe <laughs> Angry, me, had- angry lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so um, that might not have been the weirdest thing, but, you know, a little bit weird. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit weird uh, that comes to us from another loyal listener. This is Mike Dominic, who sent us some show ideas. Uh, I was torn between his idea, which I am doing today, and talking about how and why and if if there's any narrative or explanation behind why Nick Cannon won't stop having children for different women. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe for another day. Um, but basically, today, I am going to talk about the Cheese Caves. Pete, did you look this up at all, or are you going to no. be fresh? Okay. The Cheese Caves. I'm sorry, the U.S. Cheese Caves. Oh, oh. <laughs> around the world. Um, I am only talking about the U.S. Cheese Caves. Uh, I get the feeling that the ones around the world are probably way more fun. I am too curious immediately. So are the cheese caves one set of caves or multiple caves spread out? Oh, uh, I think there might be two. I think there might be two cheese caves in the U.S., but the... the oh, did I mess that up? I think there is one main cheese cave in Missouri. Okay. One gigantic, gigantic cheese cave. Guys, this is the importance of language. Marissa added an S at the end of what she had previously told me, and it just threw me for a loop. <laughs> In my mind, I felt like it was like, oh, there are cheese caves here and here, but... No, okay, you know what? But now there are cheese caves here and there. <laughs> let me let me explain this. There yes. is There are cheese caves around the world. There is one known cheese cave of note in the U.S., it is like a compound, so it, it you could break it down to say it is comprised of various caves. Right. Like one entity known as the cheese cave. The cave, if you will, takes you yeah. into the cheese tunnels. Yes. <laughs> okay, so let us talk about... Ooh. My favorite, spelunking. <laughs> there are hundreds of feet below the ground in Missouri, deep in converted... I just have to tell you, I was watching... I turned on the TV today and The Descent was on. Uh-huh. So right now I'm imagining the movie The Descent, but instead of monsters chasing them, the whole thing's made out of cheese. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot, but then there are cheese monsters. I still yeah. want there to be. Um, Sorry, ooh. go ahead. I promise. Rats. Okay, anyway, yeah, protect <laughs> their cheese. Um, 
uh, in converted limestone mines, there are caves kept perfectly at 36 degrees Fahrenheit, storing stockpiles of cheese. To be more specific, there are about 1.4 billion pounds of surplus cheese in those caves as of 2018. <clears throat> and according to the Washington Post, the U.S. has the largest domestic reserve of cheese of all varieties, including cheddar, Swiss, and American. So we uh, just need to make cars that run on cheese. <laughs> you might be like, why? Why do we have this? Also, like, I had never heard about this. So what is the deal with this? Is this... A secret conspiracy? Is this linked to aliens? Is this QAnon? No. <laughs> Basically, there was a national dairy shortage in the 1970s. So if you were older than myself and Pete, perhaps you kind of might be more familiar with this, but I, I am not. <clears throat> During the 70s, um, the economy was generally struggling, uh, which was also... Excuse me, I'm so sorry. This is COVID congestion is kicking my ass. Okay, the economy was not doing well, and alongside that, there was an unprecedented shortage of dairy products. Uh, in 1973, dairy prices shot up 30% uh, as the price of just food in general faced inflation. In response to the dairy shortage and the 30% inflation on dairy products, the government intervened resulted in prices falling drastically. So in 1977, then-President Jimmy Carter decided to pour money okay, into the dairy Okay, this all checks out. <laughs> <laughs> he decided to pour money into the dairy industry to motivate production and help this crisis. <clears throat> so the government set a new policy to subsidize dairy, providing $2 billion to the industry, uh, which would be spread out over the next four years. Uh while this plan was welcome to dairy farmers, you know, help them financially, it also led to massive overproduction of dairy products. Mm -hmm. um, farmers who had been struggling previously were motivated to produce as much dairy as they possibly could, knowing that whatever they did not sell on the market would likely be purchased by the government, and it was. Uh, and by the early 80s, the government owned over 500 million pounds of cheese. Uh, the reason the dairy product was cheese specifically and not like milk or something was because it has a, a longer shelf life than mm -hmm. other dairy products. Um, <clears throat> so basically the government was just searching for solutions to the issue that they had created. There was oh, so much dairy. Aged cheese is a thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So basically the government, you know, put so much money into dairy, but they can't just, like, stockpile milk. So they had to make a lot of it into cheese. Uh, this led to Ronald Reagan, the president at the time, enacting public distribution of government cheese in 1981. Ah, that's where that uh, comes from. Yeah, you may have heard that, that term before. I have. I didn't fully know what it meant. Um, but basically... <clears throat> Uh, Reagan's year, like, we can't even give this shit away. <laughs> <laughs> Why the then hell do we have so much cheese? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, basically, uh, uh, then Secretary of Agriculture John R. Block showed up at the White House with a molding five-pound block of cheese and told reporters, quote, we've got 60 million of these <laughs> that the government owns. It's moldy. It's deteriorating. We can't find a market for it. We can't sell it, and we're looking to give it away. Thus, government cheese was born and the federal government distributed these cheese blocks through the temporary emergency food assistance program 
It was given away for free by pickup to people at food banks, community centers, and so on. Um, there is like a kind of like a yeah, like a stigma or it's associated with you being low income if mm-hmm. you had like government cheese in your house. Like it wasn't supposed to be the highest quality of cheese. Um, well, it was moldy. What? It was moldy. No, no. He was saying we got to get rid of this cheese. He wasn't giving away moldy cheese. Uh, people talk about food assistance programs as if they were created to help poor people out, said uh, Andrew Novakovic, professor of agricultural economics at Cornell University. Uh, yes, that is true, but almost all of the major food assistance programs were ideas that came from agriculture because we had too much of something. That was just an aside. I just thought that was interesting to point yeah. out that when uh, there's government assistance program, it's not really the government being nice. It's just like we got to get rid of this shit or else we mm-hmm. throw it out. Anyway, flash forward to 2019 when the government again found itself storing cheese, this time about 1.4 billion pounds um, amid trade disputes and declining dairy cons- consumption nationally. The American government has been subsidizing and stockpiling America's surplus cheese. According to the USDA, American milk consumption has dropped from 275 pounds per capita in 1975 to 149 pounds per capita in 2017. Uh, Though the demand is declining, production is not. Uh, Dairy production has actually risen 13% since 2010. And in 2016, the American dairy industry dumped a whopping 43 million gallons of milks into fields and animal feed because it was just waste. So um, get on the stick and deal with your lactose intolerance. So <laughs> the government so, needs you. <laughs> despite all this waste, the dairy industry received around $40 billion in 2017 from the federal government. And in 2018, 42% of revenue for U.S. dairy producers came from government support. Uh, And it's worth noting that the dairy lobby is largely responsible for influencing politics, um, you know, to dedicate all this money to the dairy industry. And that the money mostly goes to, quote unquote, big dairy uh, that fund the lobby, leaving smaller dairy operations to fend for themselves. Surprise, surprise. Um, additionally, <clears throat> to help move dairy products, uh, that were less and less in demand over the years, um, back when Clinton was president, uh, he started Dairy Management Incorporated in the 1990s, uh, with an annual budget of $140 million. This offshoot of the Department of Agriculture worked to get Americans to consume more dairy, even though the Department of Health and Human Services conducted studies showing dairy is not very healthy to be consumed regularly. And I would guess leaked to the obesity epidemic as well. <laughs> I, I bet. And 36% of Americans are lactose intolerant, or at least at the time that study was done. Uh, in the 90s, the government also started making deals with fast food restaurants to help sell the surplus. The National Dairy Promotion Board, uh, a semi-public marketing branch, was created, which created notable campaigns like the Got Got Milk milk. (laughs) and a range of popular fast food menu items like Domino's uh, Seven Cheese Pizza or Taco Bell's Cheesy Quesalupa. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, 
So you didn't know that Taco Bell worked for the government. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I don't like to know that. I Domino's. I mean, come on, duh. But <laughs> so okay, so that's basically why the cheese is stored. But let's just talk a little bit logistics about the caves. Um, so these cheese caves, uh, I mean, obviously are not natural caves. Uh, rather what? <laughs> Sadly, rather the quote-unquote caves are part of a 3.2 million square foot warehouse under part of the city of Springfield. Dairy products, including cheese, actually make up only a portion of the leasable space known uh, as the Springfield Underground. So basically, the cheese caves are part of a larger uh, industrial cave life. of supermarkets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this underground warehouse opened in 1946 as a limestone quarry uh, and is now home to about 50 different companies. So you're saying that we are probably paying to keep this stuff cold. Yeah. I thought that the cave was like naturally at 32 degrees. So it was a great place to put the cheese. Oh, no, no, no. They have to have like refrigeration stuff. Yeah. Um... The 104, I'm sorry, 1.4 billion pounds of cheese I, I mentioned. Um, yeah, it's it's still down there, but it's worth noting that uh, it's not all owned by the government anymore. Uh, apparently, all that cheese is a combination of government-owned uh, and also some private companies. Uh, notably, Kraft owns some of that cheese. Damn right. Uh, if there's cheese on the table, Kraft's going to be there. Yeah. Um Media uh, PR and media director Jenna Thornton confirmed that Kraft does utilize the Springfield Underground Warehouse. Quote, we do indeed age cheese here and have been for many years. It's not a surplus, but it's essentially a warehousing location that's close to our Springfield plant. Um, and according to Kraft, um, they utilize the area as a space to age their cheese and temporarily store dry products. Um Turn the cheese into powder. Yeah, basically there's a lot of dairy products under there in that cave, but it's the cheese that they really just have a shit ton of. Uh, and no, I will just say I'm very sorry to tell you, uh, you cannot visit the cheese caves. Uh, these Springfield cheese caves are off limits as uh, the company warehouses are privately owned. But apparently you can visit the Greater Springfield Underground. But I don't know if you're going to be able to get any access to to the sweet sweet cheese. Yeah. Storm, but, storm area fifty one. I think not. <laughs> I mean, I would I would love to go to these cheese caves. Um, <laughs> there are cheese caves around the world, though. I will I will say, and I do think you can visit uh, some of the international cheese caves. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. So you do your own research. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's honestly Guys, it. The, that, you could set aside part of your refrigerator and call it a cheese cave. I mean, no, it's not underground. Oh, maybe your refrigerator is not underground. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, any, any questions? And this still survives today. Yeah. There's about, again, there's said to still be around 1.4 billion, so, at least for a few years ago. So the government then isn't saving this cheese. What are we doing with it now? 
And like, why would we be saving it now? Well, that's a good question. I should have Googled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, maybe they do still, maybe they're waiting for a shortage or maybe they do give it to people, but. Yeah, I assume it's partially shortages and, oh, okay. It's, it's still used in food assistance programs. Right. That, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's not really that thing that everyone refers to as government cheese. Like, yeah. In fact, this cheese feels very special. <laughs> so maybe they just like made it a little fancier. But yeah, so basically, government breed. Ooh, ooh, I would like some. Well, I had um, I had some sheep's milk cheese a little bit ago, and I didn't even know it. They they just I live near this bougie place where they sell like these tiny pieces of cheese like that they can't sell. Uh, and it's cheese that costs an exorbitant amount of money, but if you buy a small enough piece, it's like $3. So I just bought a bunch without looking at what it was. And fuck Pete. Sheep's milk cheese is like, blows cow's milk cheese away. It's almost I wonder, I wonder if their farts are as bad. Ugh, you're gross. Why do you know what cow farts are? methane. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that I wasn't listening to what I'm saying, and I might have been cut off, so you might not have heard it on the show. But I meant to say, why do you know what cows' farts smell like? But I said, taste like. <laughs> <laughs> By mistake. Anyway. Right place, right time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, I guess a good icebreaker would would be, what's your favorite cheese? Mine is the fancy sheep's milk that I don't know the name of that tastes like butter. Uh, I'm not much of a cheese head. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm not fancy, okay? Okay, yeah, okay. I, I like, like provolone. <laughs> oh, I li- ooh, have you had a sharp provolone? No. I didn't even know that was a thing, but there's a deli that has gluten-free bread, and they gave me the option, and I was like, okay, and then I was like, fuck yeah. If you ever get a chance, try a sharp provolone. It's delicious. I had to get somebody at a sandwich place. I was like, can I have cheddar? And they were like, do you want sharp cheddar? And I was like, looking around, and I was like, could you tell me what that means? <laughs> and they were like, well, I mean, if it's not sharp, why bother? And I'm like, okay, well, then let's try sharp cheese. You didn't like it, did you? I think it was okay. Okay. I love it sharp, but I, I would have thought you'd like a mild. Every time my father, when I go home, my father says, like, I go home, I stay for a few days. My father goes, why don't you get some cold cuts? Uh, at the supermarket and you know so you can eat sandwiches and I go okay and he goes oh also get me a quarter pound of and he asks for such a specific name of Swiss cheese that I'm always embarrassed that he got it wrong and made it up like, I don't know, he's, he's always like ask for Dottie's Alpine Lace and I'm mm-hmm. like is that really a cheese I don't <laughs> want to say that and yeah. Excuse still- me, ma'am. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> and your dad is fun enough that he would put you in that position. <laughs> I, honestly, yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but I every time I'm like, that doesn't sound like a real cheese, and I don't want to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, I gotta say, I don't know how, how long that episode was. I felt like it was a lot of info, but I felt like I talked really fast. Uh, I, I apologize. I'm just trying to talk through the congestion. But 
<laughs> um, I will say that was pretty interesting. I can't believe I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that, Mike. And it's and fun to know. Yeah, where that term "government cheese" came from. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what that was. I thought that was just like, I don't know, something like craft singles or something. Yeah. Which, by the way, aren't cheese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, um, I will say. Uh, oh yeah, if you would like to be like Mike Dominic and have your topic featured, you should call us at five seven zero Pod Wad One. Yeah, especially if you pitched it before and we forgot about it. <laughs> Yeah, we very well may have. You know what? Text it, and then we'll be less likely to forget about it because it will be in print. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be pretty good. <laughs> um, <coughs> guys, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so. Plugs. Uh, plugs? You know, I wanted to plug a movie that I watched a few weeks ago, but we haven't been podcasting. Um, it's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's called Emergency. Mm-hmm. And when you watch the trailer, it looks like a comedy, like a silly buddy comedy. It is a buddy movie. It is a comedy. It is, like, kind of exciting at parts. But the long and short of it is that I think it's two black guys and a Hispanic guy live in a home on a college campus. And... They're like getting ready to go out one night and then they find this white woman <laughs> in oh, their no, living room who just harm. who just stumbled in and passed out on the floor and she's not responsive and everything like that. And it's like, what should they do? Obviously one person's like, Well, we call the cops, that's it. It's that easy. And the other one's like, No, it's not. <laughs> this is a white woman in our house and we don't have any idea to say how she got here. So like there's comedic elements of them trying to like drop her off somewhere and make it somebody else's problem, but you know, there's always that one good guy who's like, "Yeah, but we have an obligation to make sure that she doesn't die" or something like that. But yeah. um it gets really like it the climax of the movie is really really dramatic and it was really affecting and um I just thought it was really good and it kind of reminded me of some of those movies that are out now that that you would think is like if there wasn't comedy in it people would call it a slow burn but because there's comedy in it it makes it really watchable and really fun to watch um but yeah when you get to the end you're like oh my gosh like it it i don't know it really affects uh it really affected me and uh showed me kind of what it was like to be in their situation would it upset me too much? Because it sounds like a kind of movie that would upset me too much. I don't think so, no. Um, okay. There's definitely no graphic things or anything like that. Oh, good. The okay. point is, at the end, the police eventually catch up with them, and the sort of trauma that these guys go through, be, the way that they're treated uh, in the moment, even though they were trying to get her, like they were outside of the emergency room trying to get her uh, to the emergency room, and the police stopped them pointing guns, you know, like all these things that these good kids would never really experience, but now they had to, and how much it's probably going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Sounds interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, it's just called Emergency, so... Maybe I'll check it out then. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That sounds good. Um, I am going to plug something that's so obvious. 
Uh, but I am going to plug it with a... I hate this term, Pete. You know I hate this term, so I don't use this lightly. But I'm going to insert a quote-unquote trigger warning that I will say, the last part of this Stranger Things season was fantastic. Like, it, it, it was great. I loved it. I definitely recommend it. But if you are a person of color... Uh, like, you're used to all this, like, supernatural violence and stuff. It's not, like, it's not game-changing, but there is a point where I was sitting next to a black person and a white person when I saw it, and then I talked to some other people of color, and we were all like, what the fuck? Like, like, we weren't ready for this sort of, like, there's some racial, or, there's just basically, well, it's not a, it's not a, What's the, it's not a spoiler. What Marissa's basic, trying to say is they don't they don't give up with the Kate Bush song. <laughs> they don't give up with the Kate Bush You would Bush think song. that in part two. <laughs> no! <laughs> there is some violence towards the only two black characters mm-hmm. that you were not ready for. And it's like tonally jarring because, yeah, it's a violent, sometimes gory show, but it's like supernatural violent. Yeah. When you're seeing a white guy attack a black kid... And you're like, this is not what I want from this show. Mm-hmm. So I will just say, totally loved it. But just just be aware that this is a bit a little too close to home considering everything happening right now. And uh yeah, that was that was weird and unexpected. But And to loop well, back a bit in that variety article about men, when they were talking about the racial politics of the movie men, I was like Wait, what? <laughs> no. Okay, that's exactly what, what racial politics. Because her husband was abusive and he was black, and they thought that that was gauche, basically. Like, why oh. would you, you know, you're just fulfilling uh, stereotypes of black men, and I'm like, maybe for you. Like, yeah, I don't... I <laughs> the guy just seemed like a good actor, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and he, like, the one time he hits her, it seems like he's never done that before. So he mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he's a quote-unquote abusive husband he seems like a mentally unstable person that is definitely kind of yeah but see, i feel like a lot of people yeah really bring these like really telling things to their reviews of men uh and i was just like what the fuck so i will say you know if you don't like men by the way please call it five seven pod one one if you have takes on the movie men if you don't like it valid but if you think it's like really problematic, I want to know why. Because when I, I have not agreed with anyone's take on it being problematic. I'm putting um, Marissa in charge of it via DMs, um, but we'll also take your information via text at five seven zero podwad one. But um, if you want to get on a list where we do a, a Zoom slash Patreon episode where we talk about everybody's take on the movies, the movie men. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, Teresa, I know you saw it. Um, guys, you can also slide into my DMs at Riss Vandal. Again, sorry for the delay. I'm better now, so we should be back on a on a better schedule. And um, Pete, where can they email us? Shout at yallheard.me. Okay. It's like a quiz every week. <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah. where can they email us? <laughs> Forget. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, really, really stay safe out there, please. I'm too many levels to name. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.